You're listening to the AfterBuzz TV Network. Now the largest new media platform on the web and your number one source for after-show entertainment. From the AfterBuzz studios in Los Angeles, California, presented by Maria Menounos and, and streaming live thanks to Akamai Technologies, this is AfterBuzz TV's Masters of Sex After Show. We'll break down tonight's episode and get you all the latest news and gossip. And now, another post-game wrap-up show for your favorite TV show. It's AfterBuzz TV's Masters of Sex After Show. And that is exactly what we're going to be doing today on Masters of Sex After Show here on AfterBuzz TV. This is Season 1, Episode 8, and Masters of sex fans, we have a special treat for you. I am your host, Spicy Mati, and I have next to me the male opinionated, handsome Lim. Super male, what's up? <laughs> I had to put it in suspense because we have a man and right. I, we always have to celebrate that. Right. Lim is back in the building. Yes, indeed. And across from me is Roya. What up, guys? And Jenna. Hello. <laughs> so our special guest, drum roll, please. <laughs> <laughs> that was a really short one. We have Rose McIver in the building. Yeah. Yes, Woo! our special guest. And Rose, you guys might recognize her beautiful, flawless face. Mm. From the special character Vivian on the show, mm-hmm. and when she was first introduced to us on the show, we were extremely surprised, but taken aback at how angelic she was, and just how you know this is a really fun role. You get to be that you know a sweet, perky, and now aggressive character on the I show coming it. after <laughs> Ethan. Yes. yes. <laughs> so we're gonna give a little uh, you know a little backstory on today's episode, and we're just gonna dive right into it. Okay, Mrs. Scully and Austin, they are finally going their separate ways. That is so sad. Is that really shocking, though? No, we knew we, this was going to happen. About it. We talked about it last week. I mean, even last week, you kind of saw that he was backing off when she was sitting in the car with him mm-hmm. and said, like, I want to keep you to myself. You saw right there, he was like, I got to get out of this. Right. So right. Thank the- you for making my penis work, but I've got to go. Right. <laughs> Still have mommy issues, though, apparently. So it was, those it, was, were. it was exactly what you had predicted as far as the mommy issues were concerned, Roya. Yeah, I just wish that wasn't true because I like their chemistry together, you know. Or at least I like the fact that the uh, Margaret is getting attention that Mm -hmm. she deserves versus the cold from her husband. Well, that's what it felt like. It was just a problem being fixed that they were working out for one another. Mm -hmm. But once they both got what they wanted, I don't think that they really thought that it was going to be, you know, romantic long term. But I think she still wanted some more because obviously she was waiting there. Yeah, she, had, she had her, her bag. bag. She was ready for the trip. Allison Jenny breaks my heart at every turn with her just I mean, you, you see her, she's got the bag sitting there underneath, mm-hmm. she's waiting, she's yeah. still, everybody has that need to be wanted right. and it's an ego thing as much as anything else and she let herself fall, she let herself fall into something. And she conveys the emotion so very well though. I mean, she brings she herself really is. to the watery eyed, teary eyed that doesn't allow the tears to fall but yeah. yet you know that she's like in pain and embarrassed at that moment. Mm-hmm. That was pretty sad and the mm-hmm. way he did it too. But why did she throw the bag away? I, I mean, I get the was, symbolism of it. Just, I get it, yeah, but... I think she just wanted to not even remember that she packed that bag. Like, she just wanted to throw yeah. away, throw that dream away. Like, I just feel like 
She didn't want to. I wouldn't want to have to unpack that bag. It just looked like a really nice bag, though. I would want all my toiletries. <laughs> 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 that was like, yeah. I know I wouldn't want to replace the moisturizer. Yeah. <laughs> but but imagine that, though. Being rejected, not once, but twice. Right. You're rejected mm-hmm. by your husband. Right. Now you get this love affair with this young, hot, you know, blonde, handsome of a kin hunk. And he rejects you, too. He doesn't yeah. want you either. Well, she's not the only one, though. Her, uh, His wife even knows, you can tell that she knows about the affairs because when he comes home with gifts for the kids and for his wife, and she walks away with the baby in her arms, she goes, there's another woman crying tonight. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, so. it's like she knows that that's his uh, way. It's like after every affair, he feels like a moment of shame and guilt, and then gives mm-hmm. to his family and over provide you know he, it's definitely his mo he's definitely been doing this he's been doing this a lot mm-hmm. he's even set himself I've, I've had my round you know he's he's doing his thing so this is just even with you know later on in the episode he's got the girl from the ring shop you know now he's yeah. with her and he's got his mojo back so now he wants to <laughs> how heartbreaking is everybody. it that he goes to buy his wife jewelry right. and yes. get swept up by the woman who's selling the jewelry. Exactly. Yeah. But exactly. he doesn't get swept up. He does the sweeping. He knows exactly what he's doing oh, when yeah. he's reenacting his oh, proposal, yeah. putting the ring on her, and then later on, of course, coming back that night to ravish her. It's mm-hmm. an addiction. I feel like he yeah, has an addiction. Do you think he has say. a sex addiction? I think he has an addiction for um, attention. Maybe, mm-hmm. maybe it's sex. Maybe it's attention. Maybe it's just a complete need he has to... Uh, validate himself with mm-hmm. women. Yeah, he's without. There's there's some kind of void going back and I wonder if they're going to show us maybe like a, you know, look back in time and how Austin <laughs> became the yeah. way he did, right. just like they did with Dr. With Masters. Because he has a problem. He, right. he honestly, it's a self-esteem issue I think it's rooted from. Mm-hmm. Yeah, be interesting yeah, if they, they get to that point. Probably, I don't know if they'd get to it this season. Probably it'd be next season that they would actually start going into it because obviously they're more focused on uh, Masters and Virginia's relationship and mm-hmm. trying to make that built up. Mm-hmm. But because there is a second season, they can do that. Then, I know, you know. Exactly. <laughs> That's good right. news. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, while we're talking about Dr. Masters and Virginia's relationship, it seems as if they're getting pretty intense. They're they're bonding. Yeah, th- there's actually a chemistry, I feel, now between the two characters, mm-hmm. not the acting. Um, but, yeah, you can actually see them both kind of feeling for each other more than just sexual. Yeah, it's the push and the pull and the yeah. kind of affection and the consideration. I think it's refreshing to see Masters taking her for her education any of those issues which he just was so blunt about before. Yeah. He now has a degree of consideration about those and there's a lot of push and pull for the power play I think still but but do you think that he's on a power trip still? That's what I was wondering. Because I'm thinking because of the whole he put himself out there wanting to engage and having, you know, let's do some, you know, some work tonight. <laughs> um, and we all know what that is. But and then she rejects him not once but twice that we see, you know, in the episode. Um I think that there's a, a power thing into where he goes to the other female doctor and, you know, kind of says, I want, you know, her to get some education. Can you let me know how things are going? Absolutely. Well, I don't think it's a coincidence that the episode is called Love and Marriage and everything within it seems to be about rejection. It doesn't mm-hmm. seem, I mean, obviously there's there's something that we'll talk about that, that suggests the love and marriage, but within it there seems to be so many people that are just being turned away and we watch, mm-hmm. you know, Barton turn away his his lover. And it's, right. it's Rejection is a definite theme throughout that whole It's a reoccurring theme. Speaking of, great job with the song. You you, you were blowing nicely. Oh, right. yeah. <laughs> yeah. That was really well, good. That's, that's, like, yeah. that's an extremely popular show, too, that right. we're very familiar with, Love and Marriage. <laughs> and so it's funny to hear that song, you know, because it is an old song that was brought mm-hmm. back in time for, you know, a more current show with Al Bundy. Mm-hmm. And so that entire time on 
Love and Marriage, that sitcom, for the longest, Married there was rejection. Or Married with Children, I'm yeah. sorry. Um, there was rejection. But Love and Marriage was the, the, the theme yeah. song. Yeah. Right. yeah. And so that whole sitcom was hilarious, but it dealt with rejection of Al Bundy not getting any, you know, yeah. want, not wanting his wife and not, you know, her not getting any at home either. And let me tell you that of all of the songs you could possibly be asked to sing a cappella in a read-through, Love and Marriage is not an easy one. <laughs> <laughs> Turns out I really had to do a ring-in and get the other cast to join me for the chorus because that's a little precarious up there. But you did it. It was great. <laughs> yeah. Loved it. So how many times did it take you to do that take then? Or? We actually did a bunch because it was all mirror shots. It was uh-huh. like, you know, reflections and you look back mm. and you see Ethan in the bedroom and that stuff is so technical. So yeah. by the time there was sort of a, a couple of broken Broken, croaky warm-up <laughs> rounds, but by the time we got to the end of it, I'd been singing it for hours. Yeah. So. Well, you know we're going to make you do a live rendition here. Oh, wow. <laughs> <laughs> a, cor- a choral performance, I'll consider. I love that we have you here because we can get the inside tip behind the scenes um, and also, you know, the deeper meaning as far as the storyline is concerned. But but two limbs questions. So is Dr. Masters authentically interested in helping Virginia with her education really pursue this? I think uh, he cares about her a lot and he wants her to be as valuable to his project as he can be. So there are two things there that make him, yes, he wants her to be fulfilled to a degree in her life, but he's also threatened by her. Mm -hmm. And I think he wants her to be serving the project as much as possible. So it's a fine line. And obviously Lillian is one of the other super strong characters that comes through as a very independent woman and is another intimidating kind of character for Masters to be dealing with. Now, did we catch with Lillian that she was actually, she was showing her own slides of yeah. the cervical? I that, that was her yes. slides, that, yeah. That she was, was battling with her own torment. So she's like, I don't have this kind of time. Yeah. yeah. You know, that's why the pressure is so on. clever about the show is everybody, I mean, the characters are demonized at yes. all. And they're so three-dimensional and it, takes its time where it chooses to reveal these yes. things about the characters because for a long time Lillian comes across as so unlikable mm-hmm. and you don't really get it but right. she commits to that and she plays that through and the writers play that through mm-hmm. and then when you learn that little key piece of information mm-hmm. you just get such a deeper understanding and yeah. a respect for the person I, I like it looks at everybody's flaws and foibles just as much as their um, appealing characteristics. I think that's really cool. Yeah, because yeah. I mean, even when we were I, when we were watching it, you guys, we were all making comments. Of, wow, she's so mean to What's her problem? Virginia. Yeah, yeah, but then it's if you think about it, that's the same kind of stuff she went through. So if uh, Virginia is strong enough to handle what the, the crap she's process. giving, yeah, exactly, <laughs> then she deserves it in a way because she knows deep down that. Uh, Virginia is kicking major. Yeah. Butts, well, know? now we understand what's behind her, you know, her viciousness and her attitude yeah. problem. But as well as, you know, do we think that she's going to compromise Virginia's education so that she can get the funding from Dr. Masters? Because it looks like, you know, they left us on uh, it, with it hanging as far as her test results mm-hmm. were concerned. I think it's going to go that they're going to, like they said, let's help each other. I think she's going to help Virginia get her education so then Dr. Masters can now get the funding that he needs for her to be his assistant. Because remember he said he can't, he's paying part of her salary out of his pocket because she doesn't have her a, salary. Right. That mm-hmm. was interesting. Right. So because she doesn't have the credentials. If she gets the help to get the credentials, then she can then, you know, work on her own, get paid. Yeah. On the yeah. same time, he's going to ask for his help if she in helping stand, getting funding for her. If she it's a lot stand of on her own two feet, she can walk away. Exactly. Stuff going on. Oh, most definitely. And most that definitely. still goes on today. Do you think he's doing it for the money? I don't know that he's doing it for the money release. I think it's more for power? I think it's more because he's starting, because he genuinely cares about her mm. and wants to, you know, and 
and she is doing well in school and he wants to see her do that. I don't know. Do you think it's genuine? Do you think it's money thing? Do you think it's money? Oh, no, I don't think it's money centric. I think that he absolutely wants her to do well, but he wants her to do well to contribute to what he's doing as well, the study and what they've invested in thus far. Yeah. On his terms. Yeah. So, and absolutely, you know, when you share that kind of intimacy with a person as well, he has um, a consideration for her, a care for her that... uh, the professional personal thing does start to cross over mm-hmm. and you wonder you see him he adores her um, and he re- really values her a lot but there's also something that she's contributing to so it's kind of benefiting him in the long run too. well they're definitely making strides this episode we get to see that ulysses has a camera now <laughs> built inside so Our now we can vibrator. now we can watch it <laughs> a film yeah. uh, on the inside of the female Vagina. I said it. I said, it. I said the V word. The vaginal canal. <laughs> Do you know by any chance if the footage that they showed of the the reel that they're watching was that the actual footage? Do you know? I can or? promise you that it's definitely not Helena. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I can say she she got that one in the contract. Yeah. Um, uh, no, I'm not actually sure exactly where it's from. It's pretty incredible to watch. I thought that was a really powerful moment in mm-hmm. this episode because I hadn't seen this episode prior to watching it with you guys. So to watch. The two figures sitting knowing that their kind of spearhead of research mm-hmm. is in front of them and they're the only two people in the world who've seen that yeah. it it supports it's in, I think a big thing in the series is the end justifies the means and when you think about all the compromises that people are making mm-hmm. and they see that moment it justifies the infidelity that seems to be happening or for, for them it's suggesting that they're they're really contributing to science yeah I, I think um, I, I wrote down that's one of the few times that I've seen Dr. Masters actually smile, like a yeah. genuine smile. Yes. He was very, very happy of what, because she was like, well, what, you know, what's going on? He was happy because of the research, all this stuff, like, you know, the things that he's going through. It turned him on. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but then you also see uh, Virginia, like, actually enjoying that side of him. Yes. Mm-hmm. You know, she was that, pleased as well. That mm-hmm. love of it. I know, but my, my heart breaks when I see that. I see that and I love it, but I also see Libby at oh, home yeah. feeling so neglected. Oh. And, right. You think, oh, it's lovely that they can experience that. But Libby. I always think I am Team Libby. See, I'm not (laughs) Team Virginia. I'm wondering about poor Libby at home. I think that Libby might cross over to the dark side. I'm just saying. Well, she's pregnant. (laughs) She's pregnant now. I know. But her and Walter have this thing going on. They've got chemistry. They've got more chemistry. chemistry. Like, I don't know if he is intentionally saying these things to lure her in or if he really does have an ex-wife that he used to dance with. Because it almost sounds like he's saying the things that he knows that she needs to hear in order to feel comfortable around him. I, I think I think he's genuine. Yeah, you I, think I, so? I think he's genuine. Yeah. Hands down. Even to the fact, like, when he was in the hospital, took her to the mm. hospital, he's like, would you want me to leave? What have you? Even after, you know, the slur or whatever. I mean, just... I think he's genuine. I'm on his team. How about that? Um, <laughs> you know what I'm happened? on his team. He is handsome. He's, yeah. he's, he's a handsome man. Mile, I was like, oh, he can get it. <laughs> <laughs> but he definitely is showing more interest and attention to Libby. And you know, anytime a man does that and the husband is not paying you attention, you're going to have a wandering eye. And mm-hmm. I think that Dr. Masters might possibly question who the baby is if they spend a lot more time together. Well, especially if you got a leaky faucet and uh, <laughs> say he would have to know. be paying attention to question anything, and I don't think he's paying attention. Well, also, when the baby's born, I think they would know. No, they're <laughs> definitely going to know. They're definitely going to know. Is. I still think that it might be Ethan, but <laughs> I think he's That's been artificially well, inseminated. Yeah, Sounds yeah, like yeah. it needs to have a lineup of the suspects. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Well, I know for sure that Dr. Masters is not happy 
about this approach of I don't know I don't know what the technical term of it that Mr. Scully was asking for, but he wants to retract his homosexuality. He wants to go backwards, and so it almost looked like Dr. Masters, although he's a physician, was appalled that he was being asked how to help Mr. Scully. No, I think he was just uncomfortable, but just trying to get the information across without. I mean. In, during that time period, it was just so unheard of, and mm-hmm. I think that that was a person that he kind of looked up to, and he's just trying to help him, but it's so uncomfortable giving that information. It's so fascinating over. to me to see that scene and see that, uh, you know, at the time it was so socially accepted that this was a, a, a syndrome or something that you had wrong with you, and you watch it and it looks so archaic. Mm-hmm. And I watch it and I think, how dated, what a silly idea. Mm-hmm. And then to even consider that anybody still thinks like that is just. It's really fascinating to me. It, it makes me very happy that this show is on television. And yeah. yeah. Well, challenging. It, I thought that it was funny that we also got to see uh, that the male prostitute. Dale, yeah. Yeah, that Dale is starting to get emotionally attached. I'm like, wait, yeah. how ironic is that? It's, it really is the pretty woman syndrome. Mm-hmm. He's falling in love with Mr. Scully. And I thought that everything that he was saying was like, it was very deep. If anyone's going to be disgusted by me or be repulsed by Dale, me, that was it's going to be myself. Yeah. Yeah. And I was just like, wow, like that's crazy. I don't trust him so, though. There's something about him that I just don't trust uh, because of that one episode when he did tell uh, Dr. Masters that about Barton. There's something really awkward about that. You know, mm-hmm. like there's something, I mean, I believe there's some feelings for Barton that Dale has, but. There's got to be a game. He's playing some kind of game. You right? think so? Definitely. It's not authentic. It we never I mean, know who's genuine on the show. <laughs> yeah. But that's but what did. I love about it. It yeah. really does keep everything so complex. It's not, there's nobody who you just absolutely love or absolutely hate, or not for me anyway. When I look at the characters and I watch them make these decisions, that part of me goes, how can you possibly do that to so-and-so? Or how can you do that knowing this? Uh-huh. But they do, and there's another part of them that you understand, and because you are exposed to their backstory or their world and their problems, you empathize with these characters. Mm-hmm. And, yeah, you're pretty understanding of things that a lot of shows wouldn't give you the opportunity to to sympathize with these characters for. Well, now, now the spotlight is on you. Is Vivian's feelings for Ethan authentic? Does she really want Ethan or does she just want a husband? I think, you know, when she's spoken to her mum in an earlier episode, she talks to Margaret and says, what's the deal? He does, he's not talked to me all night. And she says, you have to make men love you. And obviously that is Margaret's philosophy or what mm-hmm. she's had to go through as we learn more and more in this episode. But, you know, with both Barton and with um, Teddy's character, which is just got uh, Austin. Austin. Yeah. With Austin and Barton. Um, she has had to try to make these people love her or, or relies on this affection or there's something in her that's very needy. And Vivian, I think, clocks that, mm. takes her mum's advice and goes like, right, I'm <laughs> I'm not letting this one go. I'm, and she's grown up in a family that probably she's witnessed uh, traditional togetherness. Mm-hmm. But you can feel that lack of chemistry in an environment. You can feel that lack of genuine yeah. um, connection between the parents in that capacity. They're best friends. As, as Barton right. says, we're best friends. Yeah. Right. Which is such a heartbreaking thing to say. We've been best friends for 20 years and she says, 30 years and she says it's not enough. Yeah. And so I think Vivian kind of is right at that precarious age. Yes, she tried to do a little bit of a, I'm actually, I'm young, I'm fine, I'm free. But I think she wasn't aware that as soon as you become intimate with somebody, particularly at that age, you open yourself to a d- degree of dependence and to maybe be reliant on somebody in a way. And she wasn't expecting, I think she didn't go into it initially to manipulate him. I think she went into it thinking, 
Maybe this is just me learning about men. And she thought she was out of her depth. She thought she was older than she was. She thought she was wiser than she was. And once she had chemistry with him and it happened, she it's the given thing. It's society expects it, and now she expects it, that she is going to end up with him come hell or high water. Yeah, and even Ethan agrees with that, too. He already yeah. knows, like, when he heard uh, her start singing in the kitchen. Yeah. You know, so it, he's jumping on the bandwagon. Well, but he's also but not he's saying right. philosophy, Men though. do live longer. But remember, Bartman... <laughs> <laughs> the thing that he was saying was true. Men do live longer if they're in a relationship. Day. Yeah. Except for he never said one thing about being in love with her. No. You and, know, like, and none of those things. That's my fear, is that he is jumping into this and not being in love with your character. When you look at how he feels about Virginia, I mean, she's still a very haunting presence for him there, and... Um, you know, I don't like to be a backup plan, but it sort of feels like it. <laughs> well, I think I think you brought I brought up a good point, and I will say that I love Vivian. Um, you say you can't like love every. I love Vivian. I think Vivian's Aww. character is amazing. Her curls, everything. But I will say that I think he I think he still loves Virginia. Mm-hmm. I really think he loves Virginia, and I think Vivian is basically someone that he needs to be with. He needs to feel like that's the safe choice. He, he's just going to go down the same pathway exactly. as Austin. Right, no, I think exactly you know? that's what like, he's doing. They have this whole theory of right. what even Barton went down the same pathway mm-hmm. of. You got to get married. Right. You gotta, he even told right. it to Masters. Everyone's right. in the same like standard right. of what they're supposed to do. It's just well, it, it is the fifties we're talking about, and that's kind of the, what the norm is. Yeah. And I think he found somebody. Okay, this is a safe choice. She's pretty. She does this for me. She loves Very me pretty. back. I'm just saying. But I, I do. I do. I think, and I agree with you, but I, I honestly think he's going the safe route, and I hope and I pray because I love Vivian so much that she doesn't get her heart broken. Well, you oh, just yeah. watch what happened to her mom, and that's that's the big thing that I look at. I think her mom made it work, and it mm-hmm. worked, and it's mm-hmm. still working, apparently, mm-hmm. yeah. and he tries to take her to the drive-in. Right. Like, but that scene when they're in the bar, the three of them, uh, oh. Barton, Dale, oh, and her, oh, man, no, yeah. but when she starts preaching to Dale about mm. stay single, that was a, a moment. Wow, that was a powerful... I just wanted like, to go home and say that yeah. to Vivian. Yeah. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> it was intense. Mm. It was crazy. Does I wrote this down. Did anybody think why he didn't come fully clean? He had a chance again to yeah, come fully clean. I just don't think that came come. Yeah. clean. At that time, you will be, I feel like, ostracized. <laughs> yeah. it just, homosexuality was not accepted or embraced. Not at, on any level. Yeah. And it was almost a, like a disease back then. It was. It's been in the DSM, which is how they diagnose... I mean, it was for a while. But again, he's talking to his wife. I'm not saying he's talking to his colleagues. This is his wife he's, we're, we're talking about. And I think that's even more, he's already told her he didn't, I mean, she's asked, she says, you don't want me. You right. don't, I mean, she, you look at me naked and you don't want me. And, and she looked him, great naked, P.S. Yeah. Okay. She, she looked awesome. I was like, she's okay. Like, that's right, my mom. <laughs> <laughs> um, she, yeah, she's absolutely beautiful. But when she says to him, you don't want me, and he has the opportunity, that he does love her as a friend. And as he says, you're my best friend after all these years. He doesn't want to hurt her. And there is something innately just terribly hurtful about saying I'm not attracted to you when she's mothered the child Mm -hmm. and she has stood by him and she is attracted to him yeah, and has been so Mm -hmm. I think it doesn't come from him necessarily only wanting to protect himself I think it's him trying to weirdly protect her as well Mm -hmm. yeah Okay. Well, and that was such a, she poised such a good question, which was, you know, what do you do when that one person that knows you best Mm. loses interest? I mean, that's so tough. Yeah. (laughs) <laughs> they should go to Jenna time. They should go to your Twitter and your website and figure out how to get all that, you know, emotionally <laughs> all that info. Jenna has like all the tips on how to, you know, keep it hot in the relationship. Oh, wow. 
Okay, so Rose, you got it. We 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 talked about the show. Now we want to know more about you know your your role in the show, how you how you got this part. Yeah, that what you did, did you in the think? Past. Yeah. yeah, what did you think when you first took it? Because you've had some pretty risque, you know, vulnerable scenes. Yeah, yeah, no, absolutely. I. I was really excited when I heard about it because I knew it was showtime. I knew some of the people involved. I really liked the project. I liked what I knew about it. And I got sent the brief at the same time as I got sent the title. So I read up about Virginia and, and William and learned a lot about that and went into the room just kind of having already just this excitement. But I hadn't said anything to my parents. <laughs> so when I gave them a call a couple of weeks later and was like, hey, guys, guess what? I got this role and it's a show called Masters of Sex. My dad's face just dropped. They're back in New Zealand and they were like, oh. <laughs> and I was like, no, no, it's good news. And, and dad was like, oh, it's okay. It's, you know, I understand. And I'm, I'm, what is this project exactly? And they looked so worried. And they were going to be supportive, which is just amazing. But I said, you know, it's not what you think. And it is such a... Um, controversial title, and it's something mm-hmm. that really, which is great about it. It's, it generally it's pushing the envelope, though. I exactly, love that. and it makes people ask and want to know more about it. And so, once they worked out exactly what this was about, and the research involved, and the world that it was exploring, and that I wasn't a research participant, that was also <laughs> good news for them. Um, <laughs> but yeah, they they were really supportive and excited, and everybody everybody was really stopped for me to do it. It's now, nice. did you have any sort of, you know, as an actress, I just feel, I mean, I could never be an actress. I could only be me, but <laughs> you, like, was there any sort of, I mean, have you had a role before where you've had to, like, get naked? And because you guys have to kind of do, like, the sexual awkwardness mm-hmm. of that role, and it is, I'm sure that it's already slightly awkward just being naked in general but then having to portray awkwardness and that where he was talking you know like he had like the ice cube and the whiskey and you're like no it feels good (laughs) you know what i actually feel so lucky with the role that i'm playing i there is or was that someone else's body Uh, no (laughs) (laughs) No, no, she wants her credit that was was my body right (laughs) i worked hard no for five months (laughs) no it's it's funny when you know when you think about the, of all of the roles like playing sexy in a sex scene yeah. is much harder than oh, playing to I'm me sure. than, mm-hmm. because that's exposing what you actually find sexy yeah. that's exposing what you find really attractive <laughs> and deeply intimate yeah with vivian i w- it was much more of a psychological experience of exploring discomfort and exploring wanting to impress this guy and kind of wanting to pull the wool over somebody's eyes and pretend you're further developed uh-huh. than you are yeah. and so it's more it's more about um, it was a very psychological thing for me. It wasn't about trying to be sexy, trying to look hot. It was none of that stuff mattered. It was about just exploring Vivian as such a vulnerable person. It felt like um, m- much more exposing in terms of her emotions than her body to mm-hmm. me. Hmm. Um and somebody told me a long time ago that there are much more vulnerable things that you can do on screen than take off your clothes. And that always really stuck out to me Ooh, because I think it's true. I think when you uh, really hit that moment, which actors kind of crave, where you're really in line with you and the character and you're channeling something that you really personally understand you're so vulnerable you're so whereas when you're taking your clothes off it's a it's presentational it's not the same it's um oh, it's so it's interesting yeah. what a I, neat spin on that but i feel like you you started in lovely bones mm-hmm. phenomenal by the way <laughs> but i feel like that was a film that i'm watching it and you were very vulnerable in there as well but that was a different type of vulnerability exactly that was more the emotional what you're struggling with in your relationship with your family vulnerability mm-hmm. exactly and to me that is something that 
um, I'm much. Uh, you can prepare a lot more for. Also, you can't really do anything to prepare for the fact when you take your clothes off. You take your clothes off <laughs> when you. Naked. Yeah, it's more the thing thinking. But the things that you can do to prepare uh, in terms of the psychology behind it and and where that person's from and how they feel and all of the external influences that they've had growing up and looking at Margaret and looking at Barton and. Um, you know her upbringing and education and those kinds of elements are the things that you can focus on and use to bring into what otherwise could be just a sexual experience mm-hmm. um, and so that was sort of what my my thinking was behind it it wasn't was actually less and what a hunk that Ethan is <laughs> yeah so talk cute. a little bit yeah. about that <laughs> <laughs> he's a handsome gentleman who definitely is no. is there any uh, jealousy involved with anyone back home that uh, you know when watching your scenes you have a significant other uh, no it's one of those things when you're on screen I mean I've done this for a while now and I haven't I know I haven't had a um, like a nudity scene before but I've had to do intimate scenes with people before and it's something that I've always just had to expect out of my relationships is mm-hmm. that they know me better than to think that that's something I would bring home or you know mm-hmm. that, that stays outside that's two different ballparks and that's the vulnerable side that you put out of yourself mm-hmm. and can put it and leave it at the end of the day and come home and be with the person that you love and that you it's just it's part of the art of doing it and it's hard and I look up to people who have had long successful careers and managed to hold down beautiful relationships and it's totally possible and it's definitely something I attribute to success. Like mm. when people ask what is successful, being able to juggle those two worlds is success to me, personal so like and personal. professional. Ah, uh, yeah. yes, personal and professional. And have that balance. I have a question. How, um, you know, we talk about love your character so much. Um, but how, <laughs> how, how Are you in love with her? In case we didn't make it clear. You know, I'm just saying. Um, but how would you say, um, would you say that you're close to your character, like as far as your own self, uh, would you say, uh, or you're vastly different? Mm-hmm. How would you compare yourself to uh, Vivian? I hope I'm not as terrifying um, (laughs) in my approach, Uh (laughs) but I definitely understand. I think uh, anybody, if you're being true to yourself about your first sexual experiences and letting somebody else into you in that world and Mm -hmm. into that way, it's, it's incredibly unsettling and it can be a beautiful thing, but it's also the foundations that you've stood on for so long and understood change. Mm -hmm. And uh, the way that you view the world and view your interactions with family and friends and lovers it does dramatically change. And so I understand that she's still learning. She can, she's very educated and she's mm-hmm. very intelligent, but that doesn't mean that she's grown up mm-hmm. and she's still going through those really fundamental rites of passage that you go through. And I, I totally empathize with her decisions as I empathize with everyone in the show, why she feels this absolute need to make it work and why she is so excited. And Oh, I love it. As a little girl. <laughs> I love it. It's so entertaining just to see someone go out there and, just be open and honest about it. But, you know, to that extreme, it's just endearing. I think it's really <laughs> well, funny. It's almost like you have to play it a little bit naive, too, because you don't at any point pick up or show us as an audience that you're picking up on this, like, negative kind of irritation that Ethan's giving you. Mm-hmm. You're not picking... You're, like, oblivious to it, and you're still in Vivian world. I think that that sometimes happens, too, though, where you just... <laughs> the blinkers just get closer and closer, and you don't really see what's happening. Yeah. yeah. That's what I like. It's such an honest moment. Like, yeah, she's I, very honest. Yeah. That's what I like. I, she's um, she's unashamed of how she feels about him and what she expects of the world. And she's just at that age where people start to really get their fingers burnt mm-hmm. and things aren't always what you expect them to be. And we watch, I think it's so clever in the show, the way we see an older generation going through that years down the track and you think about it's paralleled with where Vivian's at right now and what she's ah. setting up. Yeah. Um, 
and that to me is yeah it's a it's a really interesting exploration hmm. now what's been your favorite scene so far to work on or has it happened yet or so far that we've seen that <laughs> uh, there's a couple to. of things coming up in the next week actually that i really enjoyed working on so there's some stuff to look forward to um in terms of what has been shot and that you've seen before mm-hmm. I really enjoyed the first time that Ethan takes me on a date and we're in a milkshake bar. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. That's a great and scene. <laughs> it's, to me, that's really interesting. It's telling of Vivian trying to be older than she is. Mm-hmm. And she can really summon, as you can, it's when a girl wears like too much makeup and they go out and they can't like, wear their high heels. <laughs> it's that thing of, I'm really like, I get this, I know this world and I'm advanced. And then, you know, cut to, she's clearly not. <laughs> and I think that's a really, it's an interesting scene of seeing somebody where she is presentational and dishonest for a moment. Yeah. She's really trying to kind of explore that side of herself. <laughs> Not to give anything away, but um, we, I don't see too much interaction with Vivian and her parents. Mm-hmm. And her parents mm-hmm. are going through this, you know, amazing, you know, transcending thing amongst themselves. But will we see any more interaction with Vivian and her parents in the upcoming episodes? Well, I think the fact that there's a growing distance between them mm-hmm. kind of suggests it, Vivian, I think even if it is on a subconscious level, whatever's going on at home in that disconnect Mm -hmm. is what's sort of driving her possibly towards Ethan in such a major way because Mm -hmm. her Mm -hmm. mother, father, family sort of scenario isn't what it used to be at home. And she's looking for that security and solidarity with someone else. So all I can say is for the next little while, she definitely looks towards Ethan for those answers, not not from her family because she's not getting them. Mm. Okay. That's great. <laughs> I know. I feel like we're really yeah. getting like the inside mm-hmm. tips over here on oh. like what's going on. I feel like you're connecting all of the dots for us. <laughs> it's cool though because it's been a while since we shot, and so when I watch the episodes, there are still surpri- not surprises, but oh, I kind of forgot that that happened. And yeah. it's cool. It's it's exciting. It's nice to be on a show that I can watch and really feel kind of gripped by when I watch every episode. And we can expect this back for a season two. Fingers crossed. It's back. It's Got back renewed. for sure. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Sure. Yeah. Amazing. And uh, we're going to see you. Hopefully, they, I mean, uh, this isn't the type of show that they, they kill people off. So. <laughs> you never know. Right. Unless yeah. you have to go under the knife. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. No, I, yeah, you, I, who knows? I mean, they just only just got renewed uh, a couple of weeks ago. So hmm. it's all still conversations that are happening, but it's just exciting to have been part of it thus far. I'm thrilled. It's so awesome. Where do they film exactly? Is it in New York or? It's in LA actually. In they LA? shot oh, okay. the pilot in New York and then the whole series was shot in LA. Uh, there are some amazing pockets of town that have these beautiful period neighborhoods mm, that are sweet. almost untouched. And, yeah. oh, wow. you know, the ballroom that we used to shoot in is just beautiful. And mm-hmm. all the extras come in with their beautiful costumes and the room fills up and it feels like, yeah, it feels like. Back in, time. back in time, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I gotta, I gotta admit, the set design, the costumes, everything on the show is just—it's great, phenomenal. Like, yeah, they do it really well. Mm-hmm. I mean, obviously, they'd be a really bad show if they didn't do that. Right? <laughs> <laughs> I'd be like, wait, yeah. there's like someone has a cell phone in the background. Right. <laughs> always, I'm, right. I, every time I watch it, I'm always looking for something that's out of place, like a cell phone or something nothing. weird. I'm yeah. like, nothing. I You're that train spotter. Oh I know, no, I know. They are on I'm point. Looking, I'm like, trying to get a prop master fired, aren't you? They've also done a great job with casting, too. I think the characters yeah. are, I mean, the people playing them are doing an amazing job. Amazing job. Yeah, it feels like people slip into that era really well. Mm-hmm. Like, the, some people are much too con- much more contemporary and they don't really translate so well. I mean, it's, it's haircuts, it's those kinds of things, too. Mm-hmm. But there's an energy or a gait about people that isn't always fitting. So I think they've done a good job of finding a whole lot of people that in different, totally different physiques, mm-hmm. totally different 
dynamics, but really do translate into that time period well. Do you guys have uh, any friendships or relationships offset? You know, because you get close with the cast members. Uh, well, I absolutely adore Alison Janney. She's definitely like mm. my kind of go-to on that show where I just think if I could be her age doing her work, mm. it would be dream come true. Um, so it's nice having somebody there who's such a role model and who's playing a mother. And, mm-hmm. and she and I had actually worked together together uh, a couple of years before that in a film that's about to come out so oh, nice. um, she oh it's called Bright, Brightest Star it's coming okay. out in January and yeah we just got told we have a 15 city release and I'm very excited it's a nice way to start the new year it's a film about a couple and their relationship told out of sequence it kind of explores the beginning Ooh. and end and maybe a beginning again mm. of a relationship and uh, again Alison plays like a seasoned uh, a person who's been through it before and a person who understands looking back where this may or may not be headed and so she's kind of a, a wise sage muse in that too and she's great she's incredible in it I'm very lucky to work with her twice so far yes <laughs> so you have projects in store is there anything else that's coming up that we can expect to see when when we're not watching Masters of Sex uh, I am currently on screens as well at the moment for Once Upon a Time which is on at the moment sometimes yeah, Sunday yeah. night yeah. 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 we have an after buzz after show for it yeah yeah, yeah right so, so that's, Tinkerbell. that's on Sunday nights as well so I've been playing Tinkerbell on that which has been just such a pleasure we shoot a big group of us up in Vancouver and I just got back a couple of days ago from a really nice string of episodes up there, so it's it's been a lot of fun. I'm excited to see how people respond to the next few episodes that are coming out. Oh, that's going to be exciting! Now, how long did how long were you shooting for Masters of Sex? Because we see what is it twelve or uh, twelve episodes, I mm-hmm. think, in a season. And how long does that usually take? How much of your time does that take? Uh, I think we started shooting in February or of March. this year. Yeah, yeah, and it finished in gosh. July, June or July. Oh, wow. Before I'm not exactly sure. It's sort of in and out for me. As you know, I sort of come into the episodes and have a couple of bits here and there and some bigger episodes. And so yeah. it's really flexible, which was nice. It meant I could sort of pop back home occasionally in between things. Yeah. And, and is your home base here in L.A. or was it in New Zealand? Between L.A. and New Zealand. I've okay. been in L.A. most of this past couple of years, but I definitely try to get back to New Zealand. It still feels like home, so yeah, it will be Has home. anything changed for you since you have been on uh, such a huge show? You know, people recognizing you now and, you know, yeah, coming up to you. Uh, nobody really, um, I mean, occasionally somebody will say that they'd seen the show and they liked it and that's so flattering and I'm glad I'm part of shows that I am proud of because yeah. it's really nice to get nice. that feedback. Um, uh, but no, nothing changes. I've still got all the same friends, same world. It's uh-huh. great. <laughs> <laughs> so I got a really random question for you and I'm sure you might get this a little bit a lot, but um, do you still have your fighting skills from being a uh, Yellow Power Ranger? I do. I do. I do. Don't say anything deeply (laughs) offensive to me today. Um, (laughs) (laughs) Okay, duly noted. Fly take take that off. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, the controversial questions gone. (laughs) Um, No, I. I forgot. Parringers was so much fun. That was shooting with five of my best friends in New Zealand. I was studying full time at the same time, and it was kind of one of those hectic years. But it was so much fun, and we literally flew around on harnesses and (laughs) fought rubber monsters. So. 
Yeah. That's awesome. So you're, <laughs> pretty different. You pretty different have training, training, yes. though. You have right. martial art training. Yeah. yeah. And so, dang, I, I hope we can see a project uh, coming up soon with some of that, too. That'd be cool. Who knows? Maybe an action hero. Yeah, maybe yeah. I'm, maybe I'm going to go down a different avenue. We'll have to see. It's yeah. definitely not Masters of Sex. You don't get to see Vivian doing any sort of press-ups or... Um, well, unless uh, she finds out about Virginia and Ethan, if there's something exactly. that pops up. You know? exactly. <laughs> we got a little cat fight going, maybe. But. Exactly. exactly. Yeah. Is there a chance she's going to find out? Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. Can't, can't word. say word, guys. Uh, <laughs> I was trying to just get that momentum to get you out there. <laughs> no Don't way, huh? I'm not going to fool her, guys. <laughs> what's, our, what's your favorite kind of character to play? Uh, if you could choose one kind of like comedy, drama, I mean, you're, My you're perfect. Nightmare is playing the same thing over and over again. I think mm. that's every actor's desire and craving is to play that variety. It's mm-hmm. like the fun thing of getting into the dress up box and mm-hmm. pulling out something different. So. As long as I keep playing different characters, there's many, many characters that I'd like to play yeah. in the future. I have enjoyed, I've played tomboys or kind of glamorous women or um, naive girls and <laughs> all sorts of things. And I'm just, I hope that that variety continues. That's really what I aim for. Nice. That's and great. I love working in different eras. That's great. That's a yeah. lot of fun. Yeah. yeah. Nice. So when you were little and you decided, you know what, I want to be an actress, what actors did you look up to? Like, who are you a huge fan of? Firstly, I've never really made that decision, which is uh, great. It's something that I keep doing and I've fallen into and enjoyed and then began to enjoy more and more. So it's absolutely my world at the moment and I hope that I do other things in my life too. And oh, it's what did just you think that you were going to be doing? I didn't know. I, don't, I, don't, I still kind of don't know. It's one day at a time. As I say, it's, it's sort of in keeping with the actor's mindset to want to not know what's coming and what, not know exactly what's ahead. You have to be okay to just up and leave and mm. find something new. So... Yeah, in terms of being an actor, that was never an absolute aspiration of mine. It was just something that made sense. And I like storytelling. I'm exploring storytelling in other capacities at the moment. And uh, acting is something that's come naturally to me. So I look up to a lot of people in the field. And there are, I mean, Kate Winslet, Kate Blanchett. Kate, really? Just (laughs) (laughs) all the Kates. Yeah, all the Kates. 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 (laughs) Yeah, Charlotte Gainsbourg. She could be Kate Gainsbourg. (laughs) Um, Start the name. Yeah, yeah. There are lots of just strong women that can play vulnerable characters, I think, is Mm. a big thing. I think there's a misconception that playing strong, independent women is what makes somebody um, a strong actor. And I don't Mm -hmm. think that that's true. I think showing vulnerability and showing femininity and power in femininity is really beautiful as well. So. Uh, that's yeah. That's sort of my yeah. my aim, I guess, is to explore those kind of characters, if anything. Well, you know, um, we do tons, like 150 shows here at AfterBuzz. <laughs> Before we let you go, you got to let us know what other shows you watch, whether it's dramas, sitcoms. Like, what are your other favorite shows? Well, I've only just dipped my toe into the Breaking Bad field. So. Oh, Breaking Bad! <laughs> that is good. a huge one here. I yeah. have a journey ahead of me. I'm you know literally episode two, season one. <laughs> <laughs> so I might just check out of reality. So you're on the, the next Netflix. Click uh, right now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah I watch. Um, I mean, Top of the Lake is a mini series that was made in New Zealand that I've been watching at the moment. Jane Campion's show. Um, I I am not sure. I give me some recommendations. <laughs> what are you guys? What are your favorites? Oh, we have tons here. Yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, I'm obsessed with Saturday Night Live. I mean, yeah, that's why I love Saturday yeah. Night Live. Yeah. <laughs> you got to check out that, Homeland but... and oh, yeah. Boardwalk Empire. All of those are. Great. Walking we, Dead. Yeah, Walking Dead. Oh, I've watched some Dead. of the Walking yeah. Dead. I really yeah. enjoy that. And all of which you can catch here on After Buzz TV. We do a wrap-up show for all of those. So you can come on anytime and and talk about one of those shows that you're watching, even Breaking 
bad if you want to do reunion or something. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> we'll work it out for you. So let our viewers know where they can find you um, and if they want to go to your website or your Twitter or Instagram. Like, how can they find you? I am on Twitter. I just joined. Yay! I've been there a couple of weeks. So <laughs> looking for new friends out there. I'm at I'm Rose McIver. So at I-M-R-O-S-E-M-C-I-V-E-R. And I'm the same on Instagram. So just kind of documenting little bits and pieces of my world as I'm going. Cool. That's awesome. awesome. Well, there you guys have it. We have Rose McIver. And she is just as beautiful on the inside as she is on the outside. Yes. Okay? And Lamb will, Lam will tell you. Yes. Yes. I'm very flattered. If you guys uh, have any questions, please tweet at us at AfterBuzzTV. Also, go to iTunes, rate us. Uh, download, continue also supporting our show for Masters of Sex. You guys can uh, play with my Twitter at spicy underscore Madi or stroke my Instagram at spicy <laughs> underscore Madi. And Lem, where can they find you? Uh, the Poet Saint uh, on Twitter and Instagram all day, every day. Yep, and Roya. I'm, I'm on Twitter at Hey Roya, and also Instagram's the same at Hey Roya. And I'm at Jenna Time Tweets. On Twitter. Yay! Yay! So we'll be here next Sunday at 7, 8 o'clock. <laughs> <laughs> Just joking, 8 o'clock, guys. Right. <laughs> Thank you, Rose, yeah. for coming Thank in. Thank you, you so much. You. Really appreciate it. From executive producers Maria Manunos, Kevin Undergaro, Phil Svitek, and the entire AfterBuzz TV staff, we would like to thank you for listening to the AfterBuzz TV network. To watch or listen to other after shows and post comments or questions, be sure to visit AfterBuzzTV.com. I'm Sir Richard Wentworth, and this has been a presentation of AfterBuzz TV. Buzz you later. <laughs> the views expressed herein are those of the hosts only and do not necessarily reflect the views of AfterBuzz TV or its owners or principal. 